Welcome to Sports Cash, a space to discuss sports and money. I'm your host, KD. And this is your host, Vlad, Mr. ESPN. This episode is brought to you in part by Sneaker Broker. Do you have a favorite sneaker that you've been waiting on, but it's sold out everywhere, including online? Shop with Sneaker Broker, a premium sneaker dealer based in Atlanta. They'll take care of you and try to find you whatever you need. Find out more by visiting their Instagram at SNKR underscore broker. That is at SNKR underscore broker to find out more. All right, Cash Crew, we are back again with another episode. This episode is chock full of NFL draft deets. But before we get into it, how you feeling, Vlad? Doing good. We got another great episode for you guys this week. We're going to dive into this week's NFL draft. Um, we're going to talk everything draft related, um, you know, all the good things and a couple of bad things also, too, and talk about, you know, all the highlights that went on this week. Um, so we definitely got a lot to dive in this week to share with you guys. So stay tuned. All right. So let's start with, of course, winners and losers. I have one on mind already, but let's start with you, Vlad. Who is the winner, big winner of this draft? I well, I got three winners. I don't know if I have necessarily one just big winner. Um, the winners okay. of this draft, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, obviously they mm-hmm. had the number one pick. They got um obviously the number one player in the draft this year, Trevor Lawrence from Cartersville, Georgia. Sunshine. Um, but they also <laughs> paired him. <laughs> they also paired him with uh his teammate, Mr. Etienne. Um, you know, superb running back, did a lot of great things at Clemson. So I like that tandem they got down there in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, also the Chicago Bears. Um big winners, <laughs> like definitely, major. Definitely, definitely big winners. I think for a decade plus now, Chicago has been dying for a um, dual threat mobile quarterback and they finally found him in um, Georgia's own Justin Fields um, who actually you know went to school down the street from me um, in high school but I, I like that pick a lot you got now you know Chicago finally got a quarterback um, a quarterback they need um, I think that's going to persuade for Allen Robinson to stay and definitely they already got Montgomery in the backfield who had a great year last year. So Chicago looked like they got a little offense there uh, along with that superb defense. Um, so Chicago might just be the team in the NFC. You might have to keep your your eyes on this year. But last but not uh, least. One thing to add to that, too, yes. they got a little gym coming out of Coastal Carolina. Um, and And people don't know his name now, but they will. So y'all just look that up. Just Google that. Google to see who they got as a free agent from Coastal Carolina and then report to us on Monday and let me know how good he was at Coastal Carolina. He's a running back from Coastal Carolina. I'm going to leave you with a little bit of tease. Do your homework. Find out that that they got one of the best players coming out of Sunbelt. Again, just saying. Absolutely. So you might want to do your Googles and and get back to us on that. But last but not least, uh, my winner for this draft Um. I have to say, the Atlanta Falcons getting Kyle Pitts. Um, Atlanta Falcons mm. might just be the number, the best offense in the league this year. Um, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, uh, Matt Ryan, and Kyle Pitts. Matt Ryan might throw for 5,000 yards this year. 
Um, but we'll Again. see. <laughs> um, but the only downfall I have with that is they did not fix the offensive line. So um, Matt Ryan might be on his back a lot this year too. But with those weapons, hopefully he gets the ball out fast and quick. And it looks like the Falcons' offense is high power once again for another year. Wow, that, I didn't see that one coming. Um, I didn't think it was going to be be them, but uh, it's a good choice. Um, my winner, big winner. I don't think I can go far um, further than Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they, when you get someone who is a generational consensus number one talent like Trevor Lawrence. I can't really say that anyone won over you. And then you add, like you said, um, his running mate. He's got a, a guy that he's been with for many, many years in, in Travis uh, Etienne. So having, or as the people who don't know how to pronounce his name, they say Etienne. That's wrong. Um, anyway, <laughs> Travis Etienne, the Haitian out of, out of Clemson, putting them together. He'll be comfortable with him. He'll have a release valve. I'm not sure who they have at running back right now, but even if he doesn't start, he'll be that nice little scat back where he can he can do a lot of things out of the backfield. He is no slouch. Um, so putting them together with Trevor, it'll allow him to have that release valve when he feels kind of rushed and, um, you know, when the speed of the NFL really hits him. Although I don't think he'll struggle that much, but it is it is an adjustment. You know, it's it's top of the top versus, you know, sometimes he was playing against, people that are going to go work for their dad in a bank. So it's a big difference there. So that that's my biggest winner. Uh, you kind of stole mine too, man. I, you know, the <laughs> Chicago Bears would be number two right after that because they finally went for it. And it's funny that you said they finally got – actually, Mitchell Trubisky was supposed to be that mobile quarterback. Oh, it's, just, it's just that – no, I mean, that's what it was. It, this is – if you listen to all the um, draft content about them – and what went wrong, it's just that Mitchell wasn't good enough. He just couldn't get to that next level that he was supposed to reach. But he was a rope, he was a mobile quarterback. And he showed, you know, watching these Bears games, you know, I was always, always surprised at how he was able to take off. But then hearing their their you know broadcast, that's actually something he was known for, and that his arm and his accuracy was the issue. And so that's that's very interesting to see there. But I don't think they're going to have those issues with Mr. Justin Fields. So I could say they're number two. They're definitely number two. After that, I don't care about any of the other teams, uh, how, how well they did. <laughs> the Bears, um, especially if Aaron Rodgers leave that division, the Bears have a great, great chance. I know they're going to have to bang it out with the Minnesota Vikings, but the Bears have a great, great chance to come out that division and definitely be in the playoffs this year. I hope um, they don't waste too much time by week three. Definitely no later than week five. I hope Justin Fields is behind snap starting for the Chicago Bears. I'm right. Yeah, don't don't mess around. Uh, yeah. Get that man in there. He And actually, there was one thing that I heard that um, Coach Nagy or Nagy um, was saying about him that he truly loved. It's just his memory. He's an incredibly intelligent guy. They spoke about how you know they spoke about formations and everything at his workout and when they called him again to say that they were drafting him he asked Justin do you remember the formations and Justin spit out the formations as if he had it in front of him so this is the type of quarterback you guys are getting Chicago Bears fans you should be really really excited because now you finally finally have someone under center that's just as dynamic as your defense has been for years now. So 
you know, you may not have Devin Hester on the special teams in, but I think offense, defense is going to be incredible. Definitely. Now, for the losers of the draft, I have um, – mm. I'm going to start off with um, my division rivals, the New York Giants. <laughs> that was mine, too. Um, the reason I'm going to That's pick great. the Giants, and I know our avid listener, Dove, is going to be agreeing with this. You have all these weapons. Saquon is coming back. You got weapons at the receiver position, but no quarterback. Why didn't the Giants draft a quarterback? That's every question everybody's asking. Why did why didn't I'm sorry the Giants draft a quarterback? And looking back at the draft, it's funny because I was actually talking to Dub, you know, in live time. And what messed it up was that trade with Denver. And that's when Denver had got Patrick Sertan, and it was a trickle-down effect from there and then all the way down. And then the Eagles had traded with the Cowboys, which actually I love very much. Thank you, Cowboys. You owe us that because you took C.D. Lamb last year. Now we got Devontae Smith this year. So we'll see you all in the, in, in the regular season. But um, the Giants went and got a receiver. Why? <laughs> I, why? I don't understand. You need a quarterback. <laughs> You have weapons at the receiver position. You already have Saquon coming back from his injury. Daniel Jones is not cutting it. I'm sorry. Unless unless you guys got some back pocket, you know, rumor that nobody in the league knows that you're going to get Aaron Rodgers tomorrow, you should have drafted a quarterback. So the Giants definitely is a loser in that aspect for this draft. My second one is the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson has been running way too long. He can't keep going home to Sierra telling him, telling her how much his back hurts. They need to buy in and getting this man aligned. This man been running his, he's been running all over the Northwest far too long. He's getting older. He's played a lot of games. He's still very durable, but the Seattle Seahawks needs to get him an offensive line, and they did not do that in this draft. So definitely, definitely um, a, a, a L on the Seattle Seahawks aspect. And last but not least, the Green Bay Packers. Um, I think everybody now knows the rumor of, is Aaron Rodgers staying? Is Aaron Rodgers going? We don't know. But one thing they didn't do to make them stay or persuade them to stay, they didn't get the offensive line also. So... We saw what Tampa Bay did to Aaron Rodgers in the NFC Championship last uh, last year, and they didn't go fix it. So I don't know what, what they're going to persuade Green Bay. I mean, I don't know what Green Bay is going to do to persuade Aaron Rodgers to stay, but get, not getting offensive line in the draft is definitely not it. It doesn't look like they got any really big, big weapons either, and they don't really need it. They got Devontae Adams. But also, they did not go get a backup quarterback just in case if Aaron Rodgers leaves. So, well, they have that already. They have Jordan Love in the in the wings, waiting in the wings. Yeah, and he gets no love from me. So again, nah, 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 nah. You know, you're not gonna play my guy like that. Jordan Love is is a ball player. It's just he's on the bench behind Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is not doesn't care to have him there because he feel like he can play for much much longer. So why are y'all drafting a quarter? That's really what started. I mean, he's been, un- let's just be honest, you know, Aaron Rodgers has not been happy for a while. 
Um, yeah. But that didn't help when they went and got a quarterback when there were other needs at that position. Well, not at that position, but other needs at different positions that couldn't have yeah, could have been gotten. So he was angry since last offseason. I agree. I agree. Well, we just got those are your see. losers. Those are definitely my losers. So, uh, you know, interesting. I'll, I'll annotate on some of the things because my one loser. Um, well, before I get to that, I, I would say Seattle Seahawks. They only did have three. I don't think three picks in the entire draft. And all three um, should have went to offensive line, in my opinion. But go on. Yeah, but you're not gonna find. And they, one of them were. One, but the last one. So it's like you, know, you, you could have gotten someone better. Um, but that's kind of what, what my thinking with them, too. It's kind of tough when you have only three picks out of a seven round. How many people got picked? Let me look. 229. Um, you only have three picks out of those 229. So it's pretty difficult to get quality talent when you're that low. Um, maybe someone can school us on Monday to let us know why it is that they're, they're so strapped for picks, who they, who they traded for and what, how that breaks down. But yeah, that, I would say it's was, it was pretty tough, but anyway, um, my loser would be uh, definitely the New York giants. Uh, not because I have anything against them. It's just the, the decisions they made just made me scratch my head altogether. I don't understand the pick um, most of their picks. I don't understand their number one pick for sure, because like you said, they all, they already have people there waiting, you know, ready to go. They have um, all this talent. So why not bolster some other areas? Uh, I don't agree that they would have to go and get a QB. I think Daniel Jones is fine. Uh, honestly, um, he's got some, he's got some issues, but to be honest, I think if they were to continue to bolster their line, they, they, they get some other pieces. Maybe, you know, you always draft a quarterback to have in the wings because I just heard so many. I don't watch Giants games, obviously, but I've just heard up and down about him. And, it, and you got to give the kid time. Has it even been three years? Um, so I think he's going into his third year. So, like, it's too early for you to be making legitimate, like, yeah, he's done or he's a bust. I think we're we're too early. Giants fans probably will take tell me differently. And I, I'm really willing to listen and to hear because I honestly don't know that much. But from what I hear, he's just inconsistent. And that's a hallmark of a young player. You know, if you do everything in your power to surround him with, with pieces as well as uh, protect him, I think he will get better. Um, but this is definitely a prove-it year. Just like any any rookie, their third year is their prove-it year. So then you go out and you look for a quarterback. Quarterbacks are available every year. So I don't think they they did a terrible job in that. But, yeah, they're, they're a big loser in the fact that they didn't get any other things. Let's, let's look at what, who they did get. They got a receiver. Giants. Offense, uh, outside linebacker, a cornerback, another outside linebacker, a running back, and a corner. Nothing for the offensive line. Nothing. Loser. So that that's – that's yeah, big time, big time. But that would be my loser. I don't have a second. Uh, but yeah, that would that would be my loser for the draft. Okay. So let's jump into, or, or you wanted to add to that? No. Okay, cool. So let's jump into early predictions for rookie of the year. Or do you want to go to some of the other 
storylines that we have because we got a bunch. We have a lot of storylines. So I just want to touch base on rookie of the year and defensive player of the year and offensive player of the year real quick. Rookie of the year, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence, number one pick. I think Jacksonville is going to um, let him take the top off in Jacksonville. He's definitely going to make his rookie mistakes, but I think he's going to get rookie of the year. Um, Offensive player of the year is going to be between Jamar Chase, um, playing with Joe Burrows. I think um, especially with A.J. Green gone, he's going to get a lot of touches. So he's definitely going to be automatically effective in the offense right out the gate, just like the other Chase was last year in Minnesota. And defensive player of the year, I'm going to go with uh, Patrick Sertan and Denver only because he's playing with that Uber defense, got Von Miller on the side that rushed the hell out of quarterbacks. So he's able to jump the routes. He's able to play physical. He's able to maybe gamble and maybe get some picks and some big plays. I got you, Patrick Sertan, for defensive rookie of the year. All right. So offensive rookie of the year, I am going to go out on a limb and say Justin Fields. I think it is um, their incumbent QB right now is just wait. They're just waiting. Um, Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy, they play their rooks. Um, it's, it's very simple. If you don't produce, you get taken out. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, if you don't produce, you get taken out. And that is very, very uh, apparent in Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Foles. So Mitchell Trubisky is not going to be re-up this year. He's gone. So you've got Nick Foles. Who else do we have as a QB? Let's look that up. We have it. Nick Foles. Is it? And yeah, Andy Dalton. Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. Yeah, no. Like <laughs> you know, Andy Dalton. Again, if you don't produce, if you don't take them to the playoffs this year, it's a wrap. I mean, and, and it will be quick. It will be really quick. Um, there's been talks of trading Nick Foles, so then it would be down to Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. Start and Justin Fields. They, and they're not going to start him first. You know, the Ryan Pace says over the GM has already come out and said, you know, they've Danny Dalton is, you know, QB one. And I'm thinking to myself for now, you know, Andy Dalton is not for the future. And in the end, if you drafted a quarterback to play, you play him. It's simple as that. You know, especially. you don't wait too long when you have, especially someone like Justin Fields, a talent Top like that. 10. So I'm, so I'm going to go out on a limb. But it may be difficult for him to be able to attain that award if he doesn't start from the beginning. So it may be Trevor Lawrence just for the fact of, you know, he's starting, he's the guy. Um, but I don't think it'll be long. I think Justin Fields will kind of be there to, to um, nip at his heels a little bit if he uh, gets put into the offense. So that's Offensive Player of the Year, or Rookie of the Year, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Then so Defensive Player. Rookie – Rookie of the year, of course, I would I would go Trevor with that one. And then defensive player of the year, early prediction. We're talking about rookies or in general? Rookies. Rookies. Defensive player of the year. Hmm. Ah, I might go Jalen Phillips, defensive end for Miami. Okay. Um, just knowing that as a rookie, he can come in and just – Pin his and then I have another one. I have another one. Who, I'm just looking at his name. I'm like, yeah, he might be it too. Um, so so Jalen Phillips or Micah Parsons for mm-hmm. Dallas. Um, we you know, know how. Mm-hmm, I have a ahead. problem. I have a problem with that Dallas one. Dallas got okay. too many linebackers. That's true. 
That's true. And they yeah. have some quality ones too. I just think some, Yeah, it's gonna be hard. I mean, a, he's gonna have to blow up like blow up for him to get it. But well, on. we know we know Michael Parsons' pedigree. We know he is tackler supreme. He just racks up tackles. And you remember that one guy that was in Dallas? Uh, I forget his name. How am I forgetting it? Lee, I think his last name was. Sean Lee. Yes, the one that that um, had too many concussions, so he had to retire. Um, they've had linebackers in there that have been high producers, and I think that's what wins Defensive Player of the Year for you. You've got to produce, obviously. So uh, if Micah can get in there, maybe an injury, maybe he just shows out in practice and they put him in there. Um, and of course, Dallas fans, you guys let us know, do you think Micah is going to start um, over over your incumbents that you have there? So if he is, if he gets in, I think he's a dynamic player. He's a huge guy. And I don't know if you, you noticed when they called his name. Did you see his freaking family? Yep. These guys are monsters, wide as a door. He's the runt of the family. <laughs> he was smaller than everyone else. I'm like, yo, all right, this guy. And we, like we said, we know, we know his pedigree, um, but I don't know if you saw the, the funny as hell tweet from Zeke. So Zeke said, when you, um, he said something about don't touch me in practice, Rook. And to many people that don't understand or don't see, like, don't know why that's so funny. Uh, Parsons, there was an investigation, uh, a kid that played for Pennsylvania uh, that, that, you know, that Parsons and a few other teammates would like basically shove their genitalia in their face. They would, you know, fit, like jump on top of guys and fake hump them and shit. Mm-hmm. So it was just so hilarious to see Zeke. I'm like, Zeke, what are you doing? <laughs> what yeah, are you Zeke, doing? Zeke and he meant, and Zeke wasn't, he wasn't really talking about that. He was just knowing that Micah is a very physical guy. He likes to tackle, but that's what he was talking about. But that's not how it was received in the Twitter streets. So that was hilarious to see that. Still laughing. Thank you, Zeke. You fun. Uh, so that's my defensive player. Um, I think that's it. That's all the predictions for for me. Okay. Dope, dope. Let's go into some of the storylines before we talk about Mr. Mama Dare goes that man MVP Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's touch base. We definitely have a few storylines for this Jeff. Um, this might be a you know a nice little history draft too. Um, we have some former um, sons of former players mm-hmm. that that's played um, that that got drafted in this draft. Also, yeah. we have um, a lot of reuniting of teammates, mm-hmm. and um, it feels so good. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely, we can go ahead and touch base on that. Um, for those that know, J.C. Horn. Um, got drafted um, in his draft and Patrick Sertin, both of them, their dads has played um, in the NFL a couple of years ago. So it's definitely a good sight to see. I know for JC Horn. As well as Asante Samuel Jr. Oh yeah, that's true. Asante Samuel. So um, Asante Samuel, I mean, it just felt like a couple of years ago that he retired. So now that his son is in the league, it's kind of crazy. And then um, JC Horn, I mean, I, I remember when his dad played for New Orleans, um, I, I believe I was in elementary school when that was going on. So definitely a nice sight to see. And hopefully, you know, all three of them have a better career than their fathers. They all can ball. All Every single one of them can ball, specifically J.C. Horn. That's why he went number eight. I remember a specific outlet 
Um, some people will say they're not going to say names, but I'll say names. PFF. Talk, there was one guy on PFF that was saying that he didn't think he would go first round. And I was just unbelievably frustrated with hearing stupid shit like that. Because if you would just, first of all, just get your eyes on JC. He's a physical specimen. Okay. And, and when he played at South Carolina, there were, it, it was him on an island. That was it. And he's super physical. I specifically got to see him in person because he trained with OD, he trained with, with Kendall Vildor. He trained with all these guys. So I was able to see him um, actually work. And he's just, there's nothing, I haven't seen anything like it at the corner, corner position. It's like DK Metcalf decided to play cornerback. So, I mean, y'all see, y'all will see. <laughs> it just, he went eight for a reason. And for those idiots out there that said he wouldn't go first round, well, eat that crow and put some hot sauce on it. All right. So you got second, those second gen NFL players. That's, that's cool to see. Um, but I'm, I'm really interested to see what they will do later on. Let's talk about NFL teams keeping skill teammates together. Like you mentioned before, um, we were talking about this before we started recording how, you know, the NFL is a copycat league and seemingly, I don't know if they did this years prior, but definitely it happened a lot this year where they were helping their quarterbacks um, by giving them skilled teammates that were waiting in the wing. So we have the, the first one, Jamar Chase going to the Bengals to be reunited with Joe Burrow. Then you've got uh, Jalen Waddle going to, uh, Miami to be reunited with Tua. And although they didn't pay, play that much together, Devontae Smith went to the Eagles. Great pick. They basically replaced Deshaun Jackson and they got their new Finally, get a star receiver. Finally, right. Philadelphia. Thank right. you. Right. You've heard my prayers. Al, Alshon can go. You know, we, we lost Deshaun uh, this offseason as well. So it's cool. I think he went to L.A., actually. Um, and it's probably going to be his last season. He's, he's a vet and he's wanting to retire. Um, so we've got Devontae and Jalen together. And then finally, Travis and Trevor down in Jacksonville. I'm sure there are more, but those are the big name ones that are interesting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, especially Trevor and Travis, being that they're both rookies coming into the situation versus the other guys. They've had someone in the league already for a year. So it's going to be interesting to see how these guys play together. Absolutely. I think the best tandem out of all of them is probably going to be it's a, it's a tough one. Like I want to say Chase and, and Joe Burrows, but I'm going to go Travis and um and Etienne, man. I mean, what they were doing in Clemson, I said Travis, I'm sorry, Trevor Lawrence and Etienne. <laughs> um, what they did at Clemson was magical man i mean trevor lawrence had a great campaign in clemson but etienne also did on the on, running the ball and catching the ball at the backfield so i think out of all those duels um early on i think they're, they're gonna especially both of them look like they both gonna start out the gate for their respective team so they're gonna definitely get a lot of reps together um early on so i definitely think um that that duo starting out is gonna jump out the gate and that's probably going to be my best duo coming out of all those duos that we just listed. Nice, nice. It is an exciting time to see the young young guns come into the league. We need that in the NFL. So let's talk about one of the, the biggest stories, Trey Lance. 
going number three, I believe. He went number three um, to the San, San Francisco, Francisco 49ers. 49ers. Very, very interesting. Talk to me about Trey Lance, man. Yes. So for those that don't know who Trey Lance is, Trey Lance was uh, North Dakota's quarterback. Um, only played 19 games in his college career. He played two games in 2018, 16 in 2019, and only one game in 2020. Um, however, he went 19-0 in all those games. So undefeated record in North Dakota, but never played a full season. Um, however, ended up being the number three pick. Um, this was groundbreaking. Um, I think for all the athletes out there, whether receiver, running back, and definitely quarterback, um, it just shows you, you know, your dream still can happen, even though you might not be the biggest name in college or you might not even went to the biggest school, but this guy has an undefeated record, only played 19 games in college career, and ended up still being a top 10 pick in the draft. Now, the downside to that is, is this the 49ers getting too ahead of themselves? Um, you know, I, I get it. You know, sometimes we can be fake victim of the moment. Um, look at the highlights. Okay, yeah, he looks pretty solid. He has an undefeated record, which is great. Shows that he's a winner. But he also did play for North Dakota. He did not go to the SEC. He did not go to the Big Ten. He played in North Dakota. Um, so we don't know how this is going to translate to the NFL. Um, if I'm the 49ers, I still make that call to Green Bay and say, Aaron Rodgers, please, 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 please come and let Trey Lance sit behind him and let Jimmy G go. Um, but I, I don't see Trey Lance starting this year or next year. I think Trey Lance should not touch the field unless obviously injury happened or something catastrophic happened. Um, but I don't think he should touch his field into his third year. Um, I don't care about that 19-0 record. He's not ready to play in the NFL right now, period. Point blank. period. He needs to sit down behind a great quarterback. Um, and if, if 49ers is miraculously able to get Aaron Rodgers, I think that would be a great quarterback for him to sit under for the next two years. And then we'll see who, you know, what he's made of. But Trey Lance is a, is a groundbreaking story. Um, I'm actually very shocked. I knew he was going to get drafted, but at, at – at, at the position he got drafted, that high was very, very shocking. Maybe the 49ers know something we don't know. Um, maybe he's that magic kid or miracle kid. And, you know, five years we look back and it was like, oh, my God, they made the best pick ever. We don't know. This is definitely one of those um, high risk and unknown reward. <laughs> For sure. Uh, it's interesting to hear his story, you know, and the fact that he had other offer. Well, he didn't have many other offers. And when he did get to uh, North Dakota, they wanted him to be a wide receiver. And he said, no, I'm going to be a quarterback. So you're either going to take me a quarterback or you're not going to have me. And, uh, you know, he played well. He had in his biggest season in 2019, he had 28 intercept or 28, uh, no, 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Um, and I could see why people are going crazy over him. Small sample size, though. So I'm not sure if he's ready. I don't think he's going to be three years because, again, uh, the, how the team is going, how the team is doing is always going to um, force the hand of the GM because they're going to want to see. Same thing happened with Tua, although they did it the reverse way. They said, well, we already up so far. You know, we're playing so well. We might as well put it to a 
but <laughs> most teams don't do that. So if you, I can definitely see if 49ers start playing terribly and let's say they start out of the gate one and six, I can definitely see them going ahead and putting Trey Lance in there to see what they got. Even if they do well, I, I can see them doing some spot duty, just coming in and, and being an athlete at first because he doesn't know all the plays. He doesn't know how to read all of that yet. Um, but from, from all intents and purposes, I mean, they, they love the kid. So we'll see. We'll definitely see. But he has an interesting story, and I'm glad to hear that he bet it on himself. And it, that is, for all the young athletes out there, that is a message that you can bet on yourself and double down. And uh, as long as you believe and you have that work ethic, you'll be able to get um, some some modicum of success, for sure, for sure. Great storyline so far. That's a fact. That's definitely a fact. This is definitely an example of, um, you know, starting from the bottom, now we're here. Because he, he, he started from the bottom, and he's he's there. Now he just has yeah, to put himself. And, um, yeah, it, I mean, I'm happy for him. You know, I, I can't knock it. Um, but definitely he has to show the world now why he was that number three pick. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So let's talk about, uh, you know, other little things. One other, I guess this would be the last one, Alabama dominating the draft as well. But And we're talking about Alabama University. Um, they had six players in the top, in the first round going. Um, <clears throat> let's see it, how many of those. Yep, six players in the first round. Um, I think they owned about 27% of the NFL draft first round. Um, 27% of the picks went um, went to Alabama players. Um, of course, we so, got, J- just, I'll, I'll name them real quick. We got Jalen Waddle. Patrick Sertan, Devontae Smith, Mac Jones, Alex Leatherwood, that offensive tackle, and um, Najee Harris. So first round, and then it just turns up from there. It's, they're they're everywhere. <laughs> and again, once we say again, Alabama breed NFL talent. Alabama won the draft again, once again. Um as a university, but the state that really dominated the draft is Georgia. Good old Georgia. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure how many, but it was a ton of Georgia players, Georgia born players that were in the NFL draft this year. But before we kick it off, can we give respect to Alabama these past two years, the amount of first round receivers they put in the NFL? I mean, Waddle, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs. Um, who else they had last year? Uh, uh, Judy, Jerry Judy. I mean, mm-hmm. where are they getting these receivers? <laughs> Make sense. These guys know. answers. Because you, know- you you telling me at one point, Alabama was lining up four guys who are all first round of receivers. Yeah. I mean, and you know what it is? It's just a difference in philosophy. There used to be heavy running backs, and it was running backs coming out. They saw the change. They saw what it was, and they went ahead and made that change to Julio Jones. throwing. Yeah. And to be honest, Julio didn't have, even have the greatest quarterback when he was there. That oh. He was just a, a phenomenal talent, but it wasn't really off production that he got. You know, it was just people knew he was talented. 
But these guys that are coming out is talent and production because they had guys like Tua. They had guys um, who was before Jalen, you know, that were throwing the ball around. And really, I honestly, it was Jalen that started all of it, it, it because that was the first guy that they let loose and start running and start throwing the, bat, the ball. Of course, he always was mobile. Um, as as my brother-in-law calls him, the running back with leg. I mean, the running back with an arm. But he's he's shown to be much more than that in just his few few days in Philly. So yeah, they 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 changed up what they what their philosophy is, and here we go: four first rounders in the past two years. Incredible, incredible. incredible. Wow. Uh, but I did find with Georgia, it was nine players taken, and that was the record for uh, how many players come out of one single state. So they set the record this year. That's, that's I mean, the South, again, is ruling football once again. For sure. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's about three states, Florida, Georgia, Alabama. Yep. So, and then some California players. Yeah, some California and, and Texas. But, man, wow. Shout out to Nick Saban. Shout out to Alabama. They've done it once again. They're superb across the board. Um, I hate to say it, but if you want to almost guarantee ticket to the league, I think you know what school to go to now. Exactly. But with that being said, thanks again for tuning in to another week's episode. Be sure to check us out this Monday on Clubhouse, 7 p.m. We'll be discussing everything NFL draft. Um, we'll be talking about the losers, the winners, um, what we think is going to happen this year with the acquisition of these new rookies, what's going to happen in, off, in the offseason, um, and early predictions of the 21-22 season. So definitely enjoy us on Clubhouse at 7 p.m. Be sure to DM us on Instagram at sports underscore cash underscore if you need an invite and join in on the conversation. Um, also, be sure to leave a comment. And continue to leave the notification bell turned on so you can stay up to date about all future episodes with us on Sports Cash. All right. Sounds good. All right, Cash Crew. Till next time. We'll see you next time. What's up, Cash Crew? This is KD. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to find us on social media at sports underscore cash underscore. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at sports cash podcast. And don't forget to hit that notification bell.